if someone else is responsible for how you were treated, you can't do anything about that. But if you are responsible for how you were treated, now you've taken your power back and you can change that. And you can make sure that in the future, you're not gonna be treated like that. Welcome to Let's Not Talk About It. Hello and welcome back to Let's Not Talk About It. I'm back today with Benita again because the last video did was just that good. <laughs> if you can start by sharing one thing that you practice maybe in your relationship that you thought you were doing to keep the peace, so to say, mm -hmm. but that didn't actually keep the peace long term. Yeah, when I look back now, um, I realized some of the things that I thought that were going to eventually fix the relationship or that I thought were good is um, I did not stand up for myself. I sacrificed and I gave and I gave until I had nothing to give. And then I tried to draw from an empty well. So I had no boundaries. I had no self-respect. I had no self-love. And I thought that was noble. Um, but not knowing that if you don't have boundaries, if you don't take care of yourself first, if you don't love yourself first and fill yourself up, you're not going to have anything to give. Um, if it's a toxic relationship or a healthy relationship, I mean, a toxic relationship will always take more than you are able to give, even if you are a healthy person and you're not going to be healthy for very long, but Yep. Yeah. 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 You, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, cause even just looking back on my relationship, there are so many things that I did that I was thinking in the moment that I, or that I was doing to keep the peace. So a couple of things, uh, I remember for months, like I never said anything. I could be bawling my face off in the bathroom for an hour. I could be utterly hurt, um, frustrated, uh, so disappointed, so misunderstood. And this idea that, especially as a woman, that you keep the peace and that if something is wrong, you just pray to and ask God to help you forget and the next day wake up as if nothing has happened. And in the moment, I always thought I was doing myself a favor. I was doing our marriage a favor and I was doing um, uh, my former husband a favor. But at the end of the day, I was doing a huge disservice to our relationship mm -hmm. because each one of those hurts, disagreements, could have been a an opportunity for us to grow, connect, learn. But the, the thing there is the other party has to be willing. Exactly. Yeah. But looking back now, I wish, regardless of how well the other party receives it, I wish I would have still done it. Because like you said, with that, I would have set boundaries. Mm -hmm. I would have stood up for myself. I would have, I think I could have maintained a more healthy or a healthier inner relationship if I had said stuff regardless of how it was received. So, you know what, I'm hurt right now. And even if in that moment it escalated things, I wish I would have still said something because in that process, what happened is not only did I, did our marriage fall apart, but because I never said anything, I fell apart. Mm -hmm. 
because I, so there is this inner trust and I talk about this in my sessions all the time and I see it in so many people that as individuals, we don't trust ourselves. And so when this emotion comes up, when you're being triggered or when you're hurt or frustrated or angry, you need to at least pause long enough to say, okay, I hear you. What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to tell me? Sometimes it's a past trigger and you can work through it yourself. But a lot of times it's a legitimate red flag that's telling you something about Mm -hmm. the situation that you're in. And if you always just push it down, ignore it, and never acknowledge it and work through it, that is how your inner knowing, your gut instinct, your your um, the spirit within you, you begin to lose that trust. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's physical, emotional, or mental, mental, there isn't that alignment and you don't have that trust within yourself that if I feel like I'm in danger, the rest of me is going to listen and do something about it, right? And you sabotage yourself. Um Right. And also be when you don't set boundaries, when you keep the peace and everything, you are sending a message to other people, inviting them to treat you horribly, to not listen to you. And that was when I came to a point where I realized, um, okay, so yeah, I kind of blame my and accuse my abuser all I want, but I have a responsibility to take too. That was tough when I looked in the mirror and I said, okay, you have a responsibility to take to. I I entered the relationship believing and 100% believing it was going to be something else. But when the red flags came up and the evidence was there, I chose to not set boundaries and I allowed that to continue to happen. And when I, when I set boundaries, shit hit the fan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. the longer you maintain the boundaries, mm-hmm. the, you you learn to trust yourself again. And it feels, at first you will feel, well, I felt guilt. It felt so wrong. It, it felt, and I'm like, am I actually doing the right thing? But I was almost addicted to information and educating myself and how to set boundaries and everything. And so intellectually, I knew I was doing the right thing. My heart wasn't aligned yet. So it takes a while for the mind and the heart and everything to realign. Once it does, it'll be the opposite. You'll feel when somebody is trying to break down your boundaries and to invade your boundaries. And you'll be like, no, I am never going there ever again. I know my worth. I know my value. Um, If you agree with that, I invite you into my space. But if you don't, you don't have to be here. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. When you, in the beginning, you touched on something and I think it's so key and so important. Uh, In the last year, I've started to do a couple sessions in amicable and healthy separations and divorce. And so a lot of times what I will see is uh, when initially when a, when a couple comes in and, and they're beginning that process of separation and divorce, it's all about, well, you did this and you did this and you did that. And for the first session or two, I will kind of just let it, let them get it out. But eventually, um, I say exactly that. And I say it all the time. Each one of us is responsible for how the other person treated us. And I get it. That is a 
blinking hard pill to swallow. Now, I will put a disclaimer on there. There are individuals that were raised in a toxic environment that have absolutely no self-awareness, no, um, are not in a place mentally or emotionally where you recognize what is happening to you or where you're in an abusive situation where you are just uh, unable to help yourself. Mm-hmm. I will put a disclaimer on that. Mm-hmm. But for anybody that is healthy and of stable mind, I would say that exactly what you said. You are responsible for how others treat you. And that is such a big pill to swallow. So you cannot just sit there and say, and and I know for myself too, but this is one of the things that this has done for me. Uh, Last time we talked about how friends didn't stand by us, how, and and even in my my, um, uh, previous relationship, in my marriage, what acknowledging that, that I am responsible for how others treat me has completely released any bitterness I held against anyone. And it's also empowering mm-hmm. because if, if someone else is responsible for how you were treated, you can't do anything about that. But if you are responsible for how you were treated, now you've taken your power back and you can change that. And you can make sure that in the future, you're not going to be treated like that. So then mm-hmm. you, t- so it's empowering and it also releases that bitterness because I'm mm-hmm. sure you can imagine if you go down that route, where you're like, well, this person did this and this person did this. And especially with your, with your ex-husband, wow, it doesn't take long until you just hate the world and everyone in it. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't trust anyone. 100%. Right. Yeah. But like you say, if you set boundaries, you heal yourself. Now there are, there are people who have hurt me terribly, but my heart actually breaks for them. Now, some of them, I have cut all contact with them still, but it just makes me so sad that they choose to live in a place of judgment instead of rise to a place of love. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, and it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I I feel like, yeah, I could do a, a, whole, <laughs> a whole episode on that, but um, what I have learned is... Well, there's also the saying, you know, hurt people hurt other people, right? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, especially when it comes to a relationship or, um, you know, decisions and choices you're making in your life, generally the people that hurt you or disagree with you or, or rise up against you, against the decisions you're making, it's because it is triggering something within them that they didn't have the guts to do. Mm hmm. So say somebody is in an unhealthy relationship and they would never even acknowledge it or even fathom the idea of divorce or separation um, and they see you doing it, that's a trigger for them. Yeah. Or even just an ego. So a lot of times, especially when you talk about the religious aspect, you know that divorce is wrong and if you get to divorce, you go to hell, all that kind of stuff. So the ego is involved there. Right. And then for someone else to not agree with you, it hurts your ego. And so it's, it's a lot. There's, I mean, yeah, to unpack that is a, is a whole (laughs) whole story, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And yeah. And that reminds me of another thing that lately I've been thinking about, like this would be an aspect of, of a healthy relationship. If you can be with someone 
who you can respectfully disagree with. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and I have become a sucker for having um, healthy disagreements. Healthy disagreements, <laughs> like arguments where I hear the other person out and I love their perspective. Yeah. And then I tell them, I don't see it your way. Mm-hmm. Here is what I see. But I love that you shared your perspective with me. And it just creates an environment of respect and trust. And someone that's an unhealthy person, that's such a threat to them, right? (laughs) If, like, when you divorce or you separate, whatever, there's friends and family who who need to change your mind and they become so aggressive Mm -hmm. because they're triggered and they can't respectfully disagree with you. That's where your boundaries are so important. Yeah. You you just acknowledge them. Okay, I heard you. See that you see it that way. Yeah. That is your opinion, and you are entitled to it. It sounds a little condescending when you say it, but mm-hmm. yeah, 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 and yeah. For the first part, we definitely got a bit off track of the <laughs> relationship. It's still good. It's all good. But yes, in that, I'm glad you brought it back. Thank you. <laughs> in oh. that aspect. Um, Recently, I did a, a, sh- a sh- or a while ago, by the time we post this, I did a video on one of the biggest things I always hear it is when we talk about what is the most important thing in a relationship. Um, you always get communication. Hmm. Uh, and I mentioned at the time too, you go on any dating app and you go to someone's profile and, and the question is, what is the most important aspect in a relationship? Communication, hands down. I would agree communication is an important aspect, but this is again something that I'm really noticing in the sessions. The couples are communicating till they're blue in the face and they're getting nowhere. And here's the thing. It's communication with an agenda. Mm -hmm. And the other party isn't listening. Mm -hmm. So if the other party isn't listening, you're not going to get like the communication is falling on deaf ears. Right. And then some, um, after I did that video, a couple people um, messaged me and they said, well, I'm listening and I'm still not getting anywhere. And same thing there. You're listening with an agenda. They listen to respond. Yeah. And while you're, t- while, while you're talking, I'm just sitting here and I can't wait for you to be done because I'm not going to interrupt you because we know where that goes. <laughs> but as soon as you're done... I've got like three, four points that I'm going to throw back at you. I didn't hear you. I didn't hold space for you. Mm-hmm. I listened, but I listened to respond. Yeah. And yeah. especially in relationships, and I've really found this, I'm looking back on my marriage. Oh gosh, we never listened to hear. We always listen to respond. Uh, because what happens is while the other person is speaking, what they're speaking is triggering something within you, whether it's a story or an emotion or something, it's triggering something within you. And, and so I've been trying to practice this. It's so hard because as soon as someone speaks, something comes up within you. Right? So I imagine, I imagine it's it's my (laughs) imagination (laughs) yet to come true, (laughs) but to be in this relationship where you can have those conversations. And like you said, where you just dis- dis- um, respectfully disagree, 
But in order for you to be able to dis, uh, respectfully disagree, you would actually have to hear the other person. Mm-hmm. You really need to hear them and create that space. And I know like create the space is everywhere and it's sort of this cliche thing right now, but that's exactly what it is. When you are hearing someone and just like receiving what they're saying, mm-hmm. regardless of how you feel about it, that's creating space. Mm-hmm. Because with that, you're saying, I hear you. I see you like just your silence and listening. I hear you. I see you. I value you. I respect you. So just holding back whatever's happening within you. And that's what, that's what holding space is. Mm-hmm. With curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. Like offer a genuine curiosity. That's all you're offering the person. Mm-hmm. They probably don't even want your feedback. Well, maybe they do not right away. Yeah. But for like, yeah, listen to them with curiosity. But I was also thinking in order for a person to, to hear someone out that they disagree with, you have to be a whole person. You have to, you have to know, know your worth and your value. And we're always going to have triggers from past hurts and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But if I know who I am, and what I stand for, what I believe in, like I'm confident and sure in myself, then I can listen to someone who I don't agree with. Yeah. yeah. And out of curiosity and because I care about them, yeah. I'm going to want to know what they're thinking, where they're coming from. Yeah. And you have to be aware that a lot of your responses are ego driven. And so that ego awareness, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, I mean, I've witnessed relationships like this. I have friendships and have experienced aspects of of relationships like that. But I think that is the biggest thing. Um, And I love Esther Perel and she's Mm -hmm. uh, just has paved so many ways in, in so many paths in, in relationship and the research she's done on it. And she specifically, or she talks about this in a lot of her interviews and in her, in her um, work that what relationships used to be and what they are now. So they used to be for economic benefit, uh, family, and now this there is this idea that relationships are supposed to be all fulfilling. Your partner is supposed to fulfill you emotionally, mentally, physically, like economically. <laughs> your partner is supposed to fulfill you and everything within you, and it's un- it's it's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how what one person is supposed to do now used to be an entire community. Mm-hmm. So you used to have your, your community where, you know, you had other ladies that you know, supported you, but it was like that village lifestyle, right? You know, that takes a village mm-hmm. to raise a kid. Mm-hmm. It takes a village to have a healthy relationship. And I would add, it takes a village to heal a damaged woman. <laughs> I have found my village and my tribe. Yeah, and it absolutely does. Yeah, and, yeah. and this and this is where I am discovering what healthy relationships looks like. It's wine in a box of tissue at 3 a.m. with my female friends that were there for me when, when stuff first got real, right? And to think that I had... No friends. I had nobody when I first left. Um, but I reached out. I reached out to people. And 
I didn't trust them. And when they were there to help me, I thought it was odd and it was weird. And I'm like, what do they want from me? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's been, it's been great building relationships just with other women and learning and with yourself and with myself. Yeah. 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 Oh, I remember how long it took for me to just become out of that or come out of that numb and become present and aware enough to be like, I'm not well today or today I feel like doing this. I actually don't want to eat that <laughs> because I mean, with how I was raised, you, you were, I was raised in a, in a, in a family dynamic where you don't have options and choices and, and what you want doesn't matter that I was raised where your choices don't matter. Right. Or there isn't room for, for others to hear them. Then you go into a relationship and well, one, you would automatically carry that and not know how to then all of a sudden begin to ask for, or to voice your needs, wants, and desires. And so, yeah, and I mean, it's absolutely still a process for me in learning what I need, what I want, who I am. <laughs> and who you are depending on the circumstances, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but I have such high expectations for myself all the time. Mm -hmm. Um and that's why a relationship with myself has become so important to me so that I can also hold grace for myself. I think sometimes I hold more grace for other people than I do for myself. You know what? I had, I did this podcast with Eric and we touched a bit on this and there was a, his perspective was that we generally are harder on other people than we are on ourselves. I feel like that may be gender based. And I think mm -hmm. that may be more so the case for men than it is for women. Because I don't know very many women that are harder on others than they are on themselves. So I would have to say, yeah, I think that would ring true mm -hmm. for so many others. Mm -hmm. and, and what I've been finding interesting is so these great relationships that I have now with a couple of women who are my ride or die, when they don't hear from me, for 24 hours, 72 hours, yeah. they reach out and they're like, how are you? And I was able to fake it a couple of times. Now they're like, nope, you were quiet today. <laughs> and so now they know, because I, I only want to show my best, best face all the time. Yeah. And I just want to talk to people when my energy is best. And then, <laughs> you know, and they're, they, they see through all of that. Mm -hmm. And that is what you want in a relationship. When somebody knows you that well and they want your good and your bad they care about your good and your bad and someone yeah. that says how are you no how are you really doing yeah yeah and yeah yeah in your romantic relationship also in your friendships and, and within yourself on that specifically um like divorce rates are at an all-time high uh and I don't, well, I know that you can't bring up, bring into a relationship what you don't have within yourself. So, and I think the reason this is not statistically or research-based, but I would get a guess to say that um, how we are doing individually, mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, spiritually has a lot to do with why divorce rates are so high. Mm-hmm. You know, like, in, if you're not doing well individually, 
sure, that honeymoon phase, all of those internal struggles may be put on pause. But past that honeymoon stage, all of that is going to come up. And more than anything, then you live with this person generally 24 hours a day. Hopefully you leave at least for work right now. Not so many even do that. I think that's why divorce is so hot right now. Yeah. 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 So, so many people, right? Because you're together 24 seven and, and that individual triggers the heck out of all of your things that are inside. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's why it's so important to heal as a person. And one thing I've also noticed is um, it's mind-boggling how many adults there are out there in this world looking like adults that have a job and a mortgage and stuff, but who have the emotional regulation of a three- or four-year-old. And that can cause a lot of issues. If, and And seeing a counselor is still stigmatized so much um any sort of therapy any any sort of therapy any sort of reaching out for help um but i know this this couple uh, i met this super cute couple a while ago they've got the perfect life and so i asked them like how come you've been married for a couple of years what is the secret because i walked into their home and i just felt this energy and i saw them together and she's like we've gone since they got married, they've gone to counseling. They've never needed it. That's the thing. You shouldn't wait till you need yeah. it. Yeah. They, they do maintenance. They do relationship marriage maintenance all the time. I'm like, that is such a good idea. She's like, we've never needed it, but that's why we do it. So we don't get to a place where we don't need it. And I'm like, are we stigmatizing oil changes on cars? <laughs> it's so funny that you run. I was just thinking, if you waited to do maintenance on a car till it broke down, normally you have to park it for a while. So maybe if, if we're going to wait to 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 heal our marriages, but uh, you know, until they fall apart, then sometimes we do need to park them for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you would be seen as stupid or whatever if you waited to, to take your car in until it broke down, and now we are seen as weak. If we go for help before it breaks down. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why I want to do this, um, the, the uh, talk about these topics specifically and why I'm doing this podcast, because it's all these things that every one of us is struggling with day in and day out and nobody's talking about it. Or I would say mm-hmm. a limited amount of people are talking about it because it's one of those things that if you're struggling, just keep it in because there's this idea that we need to present this facade mm-hmm. that everything is perfect. Yeah, and because we're not talking about it, people going through it think they're alone. I thought I was 100% alone. Yeah. And I thought I was the only unicorn on planet Earth like going through this situation mm-hmm. um, until I found out there's lots of people going through this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's so important that we start talking about this so people going through this know that they're not alone. Yeah, and this is exactly why I say when when one of the or you know say in a couple an individual comes to me and says I just can't do this anymore and um, you know but I can't think of divorce and I always say why are we even talking about divorce or separation here that and I and I know I've touched on this before the biggest thing is you start with I am not well. And I need to heal myself. If you are in an unhealthy relationship, it is because the two individuals in that relationship are not well. 
And here's another thing that I would say. If you have been, and this this is where it would show up, if you have been separated or apart, divorce separated from your partner for a number of years and you're still fighting, you have completely missed the mark as to why you're separating. <laughs> and so, and that's what, and it goes back to, an unhealthy relationship consists of two unhealthy individuals. So then if you are struggling, you pause and you say, I need to do X, Y, and Z to heal myself. The other party will always say, what does this mean? Are we separating? Are we, are we getting divorced? What does it mean? It means that I'm going to heal myself. You can't force healing on someone else, but it means that I'm going to look inside and I'm going to heal myself. That is what this, from my perspective, that is the start of any conversation that is the start that should be the starting conversation in any unhealthy relationship. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you 100%. When, when I first left, I had no idea what the end was. And I, I stopped trying to set up an end goal. Um, and pe- people would ask my, would ask my ex ask like, what, what are we doing? Like what, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm healing myself right now. And until I'm healed, that's the only thing that matters. That's the only agenda here right now. Yeah. And the more I healed, the more I, I realized what I wanted. The answer came to me. And I also watched, um, kind of watched him to see if he was doing the same. And I didn't see what I needed to see. And it didn't fit with with the value and the worth that I saw in myself. Like I, I was still not treated. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I needed to be treated. So yeah. yeah. And that's 100% valid. That's 100% valid. But yeah, I, and, and, and I think one of the reasons why we so ourselves and the other part party and everybody else around us wants an answer. Like, what are you doing? Are you separating or divorce? Like, what are you doing? It's the, the fear of the unknown. And if there is any, anything unknown <laughs> in this world, it's the journey of healing. It is like, mm-hmm. you really have no idea what sort of, what um, territory you're venturing into. And you just, just this day to day of learning to trust yourself, learning to trust others. Um, just this, story of rebuilding and you don't you're, you're it is unknown territory and anything that we don't know scares us mm-hmm. so that scares the people around us it scares the other party it scares ourselves and or it's scary to ourselves so um but yeah it's so important because if you yourself aren't whole and healthy your relationship can be i would say that relationships where one party is healthy and the other isn't you can go like that for a limited amount of time, but eventually it just it's just not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And if you do stay together at the same address is what I call it, mm-hmm. yeah, one of you is dead on the inside mm-hmm. or both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like to the world, you um, both your names are on a bill that shipped to the same address, but that's it. There's no relationship. The relationship is dead. Yeah. It's and so true. I know so many people like that, and I just want no part of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 No, that's definitely not, um, not definitely not the life that I would choose for myself either. Um, but yeah, so to wrap this up, part two, um, what would you say? So, say for yourself, what are three key things 
Yeah, let's go with three. Three key things that you would, that are non-negotiable for you that you would need in your next romantic relationship. Hmm. That's a really good question. Can I have a bonus first and then three? Yeah. <laughs> you can do whatever so, you want. So, okay. Well, I was just thinking at, um, this is a couple months ago when I, there, there's a whole cycle of, of when you, when you leave. And I, like I said, you think you're alone and you go through this alone, but then I talk to women that are a little further ahead and it's the same pattern. It, it's a pattern you go through. And so I hit the loneliness stage where like I had healed now, like I had been angry, I was healing and I, and I felt like, okay, I think I'm ready to possibly have another relationship or explore the idea of it. Um, but wasn't quite there, but I was so lonely and I'm like, okay, in this situation right now, um, I can reach out and have a relationship just for the sake of not feeling lonely. But am I, but, but the person that I, I would end up with right now, is that the person I actually want? I'm like, no, because the person that I want doesn't want the woman that I am right now. Mm. So I was going to say that like, that's yeah. when you're healing or you're thinking about getting into another relationship, think about the person that you want and does that person want a person like you? That's and, a very good point. Yeah. And if the person that you want um, doesn't want the person that you are right now, it's an invitation for you to heal a little bit more. Yeah. I would also say sometimes you just in the moment go for that connection. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's nothing wrong. You know, our brains are wired for connection. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. we just need some connection. Yeah. yeah. But don't, I, I absolutely agree. And you, you, but don't then you throw go into it. your yeah. heart into a situation yeah. that's meant to be. 100%. Oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Was that your bonus? That was my bonus. That's a really good bonus. I love it. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah it's so good. Yeah. It's yeah. A really good bonus. I just, I went for a walk and I was crying. I'm like, God, I'm so lonely. Send me someone. And I'm like, I actually don't because I will need to discard them. And I'm, nah. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't actually want something yeah. with them long term. Yeah. Um, but three three things that are, that I would really need in a relationship that are non-negotiable. I would say, yeah, communication. But <laughs> I have to laugh. And I get it. I get it. I know what people mean when they say that. So, yes, no, I, I honor but, that. But this communication where you hold it, where you listen to yeah. understand and yeah. not to respond. Yeah. Where um, your communication is received and vice versa mm -hmm. with uh, a listening ear. Yeah. Yes. But also the kind of communication where you can tell them, I don't feel like talking today. I don't feel like being in your presence. I need some alone time. Yeah. And they're fine. Yeah. And, and I'm fine. Like, that requires a serious, confident individual. But yes. Yes. <laughs> so I guess confidence. Yeah. Um, hmm. Why is this harder to think about than I thought it would be? Um, honesty. Oh, my gosh. Honesty is, and transparency is so, so important to me. Where I can be honest and transparent. Um, and they're honest and transparent. For sure. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if this one is shallow or not, but one thing that's really important to me is fun. Mm, that's not shallow. That's super important. It's so important. Humor and fun. Yeah. Like, a, a, I think a couple that can laugh together, have fun together, they have all of the other things. 
Um, right? Oh, totally. Totally. It's one of the first things. If you are, and I, I looking back, we did not do this enough. If you are struggling in your relationship, uh, have some fun. Whether it's a dance party in your kitchen, a little too much wine, a dinner out, whatever, a walk, snowball fight, sledding, whatever. Do something Just, mature. Do yes. something kids do. You need to. Like, you need to get to that. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. you you can't have a dance party on eggshells. <laughs> if you're if you're always walking around on eggshells. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. I guess I would have said communication. Of honesty and fun. I love yeah. it. Yeah, those are super, super important. What about you? Whew. You did ask me that question. <laughs> that is a tougher question yeah. than I thought. Right? Yeah, it is tough. It is tough. Um, for me, uh, this is my thing. And I see it. Everybody knows that I'm open to dating. Heck, I've been separated, divorced for five plus years now. So you would think... <laughs> But at this point, you know, potentially I could, I could visit that. <laughs> um, you can now be with someone you're not going to have to discard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be ideal. But um, so I'm in a place in my life where I don't need someone. Mm-hmm. Like logistically. Although yesterday when I carried in that filing cabinet, I sure as I could have needed someone. <laughs> That's the only time. The other day I was hauling this big box up the stairs. And I just got to the top and tumbled down. Oh, and yeah. I went and said, Where's, when it, why is there no man around the one time that I need them? Oh, 100%. And I can say this to anybody going through a separation. There will be so many times. I just watched somebody else recently, um, a celebrity. They separated and she said... There are so many times where I'm like, I need some help. Help. Because <laughs> there's no one. So yesterday, yeah, I was carrying in a filing cabinet and it was massive. And I was like, mother of all. <laughs> because, yeah, so in those moments. So, but so, like financially, would it be amazing? Yeah. Um, but so all that to say, I don't need someone uh, in that aspect. So what that means is I need someone that's okay with that. As crazy as that's going to sound, a lot of guys, and maybe it's just my circle, and a lot of guys say they are, but they're actually not okay with a uh, successful, independent woman. Strong, confident, independent woman. They're threats, apparently. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get it all the time. I like, uh, yeah, second, third conversation. And yeah, so I would, so it has to be somebody that this is actually my biggest thing because logistically speaking, I, I have house and financially okay. Logistically speaking, it needs to be somebody that brings more to my relationship mm-hmm. and doesn't more, it, the benefit needs to be greater than the stress. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a whole nother level of, it's, I'm not just going on a date. <laughs> and, and so I can have a great connection and chemistry and all of that. But if there is outside stress that outweighs the connection, then I'm going to pass. Uh, I have a daughter. I don't want to raise another child. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I keep saying. And if I do, I want to get a kid. Like, actually, I want a baby. <laughs> exactly what I say. Like, 
Give, give me a child that's like a child. Yeah, but not. I don't want a grown child. I, I don't, don't want, want a man child. I don't want a man child. No, I don't. Because you can go to jail for spanking them. So. <laughs> I mean, you can also go to jail for spanking a small child. But <laughs> not that we're saying that that's okay. But I that took a whole no, no. turn. This is this. I have a very dry sense of humor. Yeah. Fun is very important to me, and communication yeah. for someone to get me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And no. I totally get it. Yeah, so someone that would be able to accept that. And, and, and I know mentally most men are going to say, what the heck, of course. But when, it, when you break it down, it's not, you know. The other thing is, um, clearly I have a daughter, so it needs to be someone that loves her as much as they love me. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's pretty hard uh, not to love, so <laughs> from my perspective. But, yeah, so that would be super important to me. Um, and then this is my issue. And it happens um, on dates. This is the negative aspect of being emotionally aware. (laughs) I try not to take that on my dates, but it just happens. Because sometimes, like, I'm having a conversation and I'm like, oh, that's what this is. This is what's happening here. (laughs) And so somebody that's emotionally aware would be super helpful. That would be ideal. Emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody that can regulate. Yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, fun is important to me too. I don't have enough of that. So, uh, well, I'm, because I do a lot of grief sessions, so I'm surrounded by death a lot. And so a lot of my life is actually spent being serious. And so actually a lot of people think I'm serious and I don't think I am at all. But anyways, I do need somebody that um, can just I can just have fun with. And then... A big important factor for me is cl- plug your children's ears if you don't like, if you want to keep it PG. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, we had this conversation. Well, maybe we haven't. I don't know yet. But anyways, I have this conversation, if we haven't yet, about how important it is to have this with your kids, this conversation with your kids as well. But sex is super important to me. Good sexual intimacy is super important to me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can be good if there is good connection, good communication. Yeah. All of that, right? Yeah. But if one, again, if you're walking on eggshells. Well, if you're, yeah, if you're walking on eggshells and emotionally, mentally, not you're not connected spiritually, you're not connected, then it would be hard to be connected sexually. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of experience with that. I don't really want to continue <laughs> experiencing that. Um, yeah, so I would have to say accept um, uh, strong independent. Um, what was my second one? Oh, yeah, accept my daughter. And then uh, emotionally intelligent. Oh, I have four too. And my bonus <laughs> one is good sex. <laughs> there you go. I think that's a good one. <laughs> That's a good bonus one. Good bonus one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, to wrap this up, I would say two things. And I don't know if you have closing comments. The first one is if you are in an unhealthy relationship, all you have to do is get to a place where you say, I want to heal myself. And then you find out what it is that you need to heal, to start your healing journey. And the rest will come. Right? Mm-hmm. And what do you have? Um. I think I would just like to add to that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Do it. Um, when you're there, just be aware. Just invite yourself to a place where you 
do an inventory on your life, what you believe, why you believe it, and do some spring cleaning and do away with, with beliefs that don't suit you, that aren't yours, mm -hmm. that were never meant to be yours. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Rewire what you believe, what you think. It's a scary place to be, but it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Cheers to that. Ciao. <laughs>